Welcome to episode 34 of the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this week I will be raising my glass to all of the comic books that were released on the 5th of June 2019, as well as talking about everything else relevant to the world of comic books. So full disclosure, we do curse a lot, and I do drop spoilers, so be prepared for all that. Otherwise, grab yourself a drink. Let's talk comics. And first, we're going to talk a little bit of comic book news, though. Uh, kind of sad news, I guess, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything to worry about. Uh, DC and Vertigo are severing ties. So I would only assume that DC would maybe attempt to buy rights to some of the Vertigo titles to make sure they hang on to it, like maybe Sandman, bring it over to the Black Label, possibly. Or maybe Vertigo's like, nah, bitch, we're taking our ball and going to Dark Horse or something like that. You never know. Who knows? But I, I don't think any of our beloved Vertigo titles are really going to go away. They're just going to go somewhere else. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, fucking Miracle Man's coming back. If only my producer were here to hear me say that live. Fucking, that's, uh, I mean, Neil Gaiman's doing stuff. And, yeah, Miracle Man. Not Mr. Miracle, not Tom King's Mr. Miracle, we're talking about Miracle Man. So, yeah, that would be probably more exciting news, like I said, if my producer were here this time. But, uh, unfortunately, he couldn't be here this week, so this podcast is probably gonna suck. Just kidding, it's not gonna suck. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got for news, really. Uh, I don't think there's anything to really talk about, to be honest, I don't, it's not, yeah, anyways, fucking overviews, right, I read a bunch of books, I was impressed with damn near all of them, damn near all the books I read, so this week there's uh, <laughs> a lot more to talk about, let me just put it that way, I'm gonna start with a few indie titles, let's go with the old kaboom, Nickelodeon as the publisher, Rocco's Modern Afterlife, number three. I have very much been loving this story. Anthony Birch, Mattia De Mayo, and Francesco Sagala on the colors. Fucking beautiful book still. This time we've got Philbert and uh, Rocco hurrying up on their way to old Hef's, make sure he don't get... Uh, turned because he got bit well this is uh where the story takes a, a giant 180 <laughs> realize that it's not biting that causes the infection it's the phones the cell phones is what zombify you and yeah so there you go uh but throughout this we've we get some amazing classic Rocco's modern life moments uh the whole point really so once they, and they find all this out at Hook Labs. That's what it comes down to. Is they get Hef over to Hook Labs, and we've got Doctor Koi, and then you realize that the boss, Doctor Koi's boss, isn't there. It doesn't have this research facility to uh, fix anything. 
So when he finds out that she's trying to get the cure to this virus, which Hef just so happens to, to hold, or be the answer to, be the subject that they come to the conclusion that it's not transmitted via bite, is what it comes down to. He isn't so cool about that. And, uh, yeah, bum, bum, bum. Conglomo's the name of the company that's being bad. So they're responsible for this whole thing. Turns out they created the virus, so. Uh, I fucking love this book so much. It is so Rocco's Modern Afterlife. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Image Comics. Thumbs. Number one, Sean Lewis, Hayden Sherman. Fucking dope book. Brand new story concept. The art in it is just as twisted and awesome as you could hope. I love the color scheme. The pretty pretty much is black, pink, and or black or grayscale with pink. Um, I mean I can confirm that right now, but that's how I remember it. I mean the cover is very uh, yeah no it's grayscale with pink. So fucking beautiful. Essentially what it's about it takes place in Da Future. And we've got this quadrillionaire that makes it so that underprivileged folks have all the access to to, to to technology that all the rich people would. So he gives this free software and hardware and video games and oh yeah, all the broke people get to play too. And essentially what he's been doing is uh, subconsciously building an army. With all the broke people, what has been using the technologies. So, yeah, that's that's the setup of the whole thing. It's a fucking beautiful book. It's a beautiful book. I don't want to say too much because I think everybody should read it on their own. So, yeah. Uh, is that all I've... No, I've got uh, one more image comic as well. It's uh, Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Sharky the motherfucking bounty hunter number, uh, what are we on now? Number four. Uh-oh. Two-thirds of the way through. I'm gonna miss this when it's done. Mark Millar, Simone Bianchi, and Matteo Vitani, covered by Bianchi. So, uh, Sharky catches, what's her name? Endira? Edira? Edra? I can never remember her name. Edra? The bad bitch. Well, once once she's caught, uh, he's also got his ex Judah with him, and he's still got uh, old fucking Bally as well. Still, the mission is to get Bally to uh, whatever family he has left. So he catches the old bitch. Well, she explains, "Look, yeah, no, everybody in the world's after me, but uh, believe it or not, all these motherfuckers that are after me are super fucking evil." Uh, if you look at my rap shit, yeah, I've killed a lot of dudes, and not dudes, and just people, and, well, they, uh, they were all bad, and as it turns out, I'm, 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 I'm here to help humanity, and then, <laughs> so, Sharky kind of gets this change of heart, it takes him a minute, Judah's talking him into it, Sharky gets this change of heart, and then that motherfucker Big H shows up. Big H is also after the billion Coda bounty, and he he takes her. He does. He 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 gets the bitch, and takes her to uh, fucking 
what's his name? Pinto Khan. Pinto Khan's the guy, the big guy that really wants this Edra bitch dead. Well, he takes her to her, and then boom, kills fucking Big H too. Cause I mean, yeah. Sorry, billion do- billion. I keep saying billion dollar, billion coda bounty means nothing when you dead. So, now, the eviler dude has the bad bitch that's capable and super deadly, and nobody's paid. That's a fucking bummer. For, uh, well, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to DC now. DC Comics had some good stuff. We're gonna start with Shazam. Shazam number six. Jeff Johns, Dale Eaglesham, Scott. Collins, Marco Santucci, and Mike Atea, covered by Dale Eaglesham and Mike Atea. So, hmm, Billy Batson and Mary are escaping the Funlands, and they're going to go try and save all of their other folks, and the first stop is Wildlands, but before they get to the Wildlands, whoop, they're whisked back home. Well... Being that only uh, a third of the kids are there, the foster parents be asking some questions. By the way, Billy's real dad's there. So we get, oh, I mean, that's really essentially what's going on here is we get the reuniting of Billy and his daddy, his real Faja. Meanwhile, uh, what are the, the kids' names? Pedro and Eugene are trying to escape the game lands. So we get that whole montage. We don't get anything from the Funlands, or the Wildlands in this one. So you can only imagine what the next issue is going to entail with the Wildlands. And, uh, oh, oh, by the way, also, Savannah beats the fuck out of Black Adam. And he brings him into that little uh, wizard throne room. And hmm, some evil's about to happen, I betcha. Mr. Mind's behind it all is normal. Uh, but, uh, as if all of that wasn't badass enough, the end of the book, actually, any of that could have ended, like, been, uh, a cliffhanger point. Billy meets Daddy, and the end. Uh, Savannah beats the fuck out of Black Adam. The end. Or, how about Mary explains to the foster parents why the rest of the kids ain't there? Well, we could imagine what that means, right? She straight up shazams out. Shazam's out in front of her peep folks. And it says, oh, by the way, we're fucking superheroes, bro. Yeah. Deep shit, right? I was super fucking stoked that my week of reading DC started out with book like Shazam. Fucking keep it up. Shazam is yet to be a dud. Yet to be a dud through six issues? Six issues. Good shit, Shazam. Justice League, number 25. So, uh, we are getting both perspectives in this. We get the first half of the book being told by Scat Snyder via in the Justice League. So we're ending the Sixth Dimension arc. And then the last half of the book is more Legion of Doom status. And that's uh, the James Tinian writing, like it always is, when he's writing Legion of Doom. 
So, I, uh, <laughs> flat out what it comes down to uh, in the first part of the book, it was, it was, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It wasn't, I mean, by no means was it bad. It was just weird how, alright, so I guess I should start at the beginning. Uh, Batman and his suit was kind of delaying, uh, doing what Forger needs Batman to do. Meanwhile, New Justice League's fighting Old Justice League, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Batman and his batman ways, ways, uh, really the mission, I mean, uh, what he's supposed to be doing is making sure that Superman dies. Well, what he does is he gives Superman a chance. And without Forger realizing it, and Superman takes that opportunity. Because when we see Superman, he's just floating out in space, and he's looking, uh... Not so good at all. He's looking pretty bad. And, uh, they fucking... He, he, he takes the energy from the yellow sun that Batman puts out there for him. And because Superman's able to do that, he's able to get there so quick that Forger isn't able to swing his hammer on the anvil in order to make all of the new Justice League be what is now. So, yeah. Well, here's what gets me. As soon as Batman comes, or Batman, Superman comes flying from space faster than he's ever flown before. Um, he, he knocks the shit out of Forger. But moments later, they kind of, they help him up and they're like, oh yeah, you want to be a member of the Justice League instead of, you know, just being this bad guy? Uh, it turns out we actually got better ideas than you and we know how to fix this, we hope. So that's how that pretty much ends. And they go to the the Hall of Justice. But when they get to the Hall of Justice, it turns over the Tinian's side. And what really what we're getting is uh, the the Justice League is it's revealed that, you know, they thought they were gone for just a couple of minutes, and it turns out they were gone for like a week or something like that. Way longer than they anticipated. Well what happens when the Justice League's gone from Earth for a week? Lex Luthor gets his way. So his Batmite took down Mixelplick, and what he does there is he uses that to go public, and he gets on the TV and says, Look, Justice League ain't shit, dog. I'm where it's at, and I am fear. Embrace the fear. Justice League fucked up. They ripped a hole in the source wall. See issue blah, 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 blah. Uh, that was uh, Justice League No Justice, actually. I didn't have to blow that out. I actually knew that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's when all that occurs. And then here we are, 25 fucking issues later. And uh, Luther is pretty much telling the world, embrace the, embrace the fear. Go out and be evil, bitch. It's the year of the villain, y'all. V-Town, what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he doesn't say that. Uh, he should have said that. I'm ashamed of you, James Tinian. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking, this is a, it's still a great story. It's very intriguing, because really, the public is just going batshit crazy and embracing the evil. Meanwhile, the Justice League's like, whoa, what are we going to do about all of the world being bad? And it's not like they're going to listen to us, because they're under the impression that we caused all this shit. And... They did. Lex Luthor was right. 
Fucking really, really, really digging the old Justice League. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the third time. Issue number two. So, really, this is... Uh, we, we know at the end of the first issue, old Kevin Eastman, Raphael, comes in, and the, the new Bat family as we know it is Batman. Uh, Splinter is merged with Alfred, and the Robins are merged with the Turtles, and uh, Batman is brothers with the Turtles, and yeah, all of these worlds are merged. Really, what we're getting here is an entire issue of Raphael explaining, or Kevin Eastman's version of Raphael, because Kevin, like, the art in here is very different. Uh, or we got two different artists on the panel. And that's how we differentiate which turtles are what from, or which dimension. It's fucking brilliant. This is a brilliant book. It really is. And, yeah, uh, Raphael is saying, well, really, it's Krang, uh, Krang, 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 <laughs> Krang. He's the one responsible for it all. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And then uh, one of the last pages is Krang teaming up with the Laughing Man. And the Laughing Man would be... If Shredder and Joker fucked and made a baby. So, yeah, that's what we're getting there. It's, uh, it's really, really, really good stuff. I'm digging the shit out of this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman crossover. I gotta still watch the, the animated series, what's gonna happen, but, yeah. Oh, my last DC book of the week, eh? Deceased, number two. Tom Taylor. Trevor Harrison, Stefano, Guadiano, and Rain Barreto doing the cover. Colors? Ugh. Keep fucking those words up. Lionel Yu and Tom Almoray did the cover. Or at least one of them. I picked up three. Three covers this week. But those get talked about in another section of the podcast. Tune in in a few minutes for all that. Alright, so... What do we know about Deceased so far? We know Batman got the shit bit out of him by Dick. And... <laughs> Never gonna get tired of saying that. And uh, We know that Superman it has um, fucking Lois and Superboy and Damien, safe and sound. They're under the impression that Bruce is gonna be key because they know that it's cell phones causing the virus. Well, as we know, they're false. Bruce ain't cute. So let's go to what's happening in this issue. We get a... It starts out with Aquaman, and really, nothing really happens other than them introducing... They're pretty much teasing the fact that Aquaman is for sure gonna die. <laughs> they haven't really given us any indication as far as what they've shown in this panel, but based off of what I am assuming about this story is that everybody's gonna fucking die. Nobody's safe. Um, so we get a, a, a couple of pages of Aquaman. We get a couple of pages of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And they don't know. I mean, they have no idea that there's an outbreak going on right now. At least Aquaman has some sort of inclination. Uh, Poison Ivy and Harley are going to... Poison Ivy's with Harley as emotional support to go break up with DeJoka. Well... We just get really a couple of quick panels of, you know, them explaining, okay, I'm here to support you, let's go do this, fuck that guy. And, uh, Mr. J. And he doesn't turn around yet, but we see his face, and he's all zombified the fuck out too, so, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy gonna die? I bet they is. Fucking, 
God damn. Now let's get to the meat of the story. Superman gets a hold of Bruce. Bruce gets a hold of Superman one way or the other. Bruce isn't dead yet. He's in a Mr. Freeze suit, slowing down all the blah, blah, blah that's taking him over. Meanwhile, you see Alfred in the background with a fucking double barrel, and he's just prepared to shoot. Well, Bruce explains, I'm fucked. This is how you take it down. Kill the internet. That's how you do it. Yeah. So we get that, and then we get another awesome... Oh, wait, there's more? There's totally fucking more. We get a new Green Lantern, bitch. Let me explain how that happens. Super spoilers. So, uh, oh, Oliver... What's his name? Ollie? Ollie. I forgot. Fucking goddamn beer. Ollie and Black Canary is camping with the Green Lantern, and they're talking at the campfire, and Green Lantern's just being a Debbie Downer. Just, and finally, he, uh, Ollie calls him out. And he's like, dude, you're fucking like a super downer. So he goes into his tent. Her Green Lantern, Hal, goes into his tent. And pulls out his phone. We all know what's going to happen there, right? What happens when a Green Lantern turns into a zombie? Some fucking bullshit. That's what happens. He's getting ready to kill old fucking Green Arrow. And before he can... Canary comes out and screams his ass to death, and he does. He dies. We and the well, what happens to the ring? Who do you think the ring goes to? It would make sense to go to the Green Arrow shooting guy, right? With no actual powers, he just a fucking bow and arrow. He's an archer. He's super rich. Nope. Motherfucking Black Canary gets the ring. She's like, I don't want it. And the ring says, Sorry. And then you hear Bruce in the background saying, yeah, we're going to need you. Come this way. And, well, more spoilers. Those are pretty much some of Bruce's last words because the virus takes over. And you see Alfred getting cummed at. Oh, that sounded bad. Bruce is coming at <laughs> Alfred, all zombie-like, full-on zombie, and boom. Shotgun blast to the dick. The end. Oh, fuck. This book was so good. This is... Tom Taylor is just a genius when it comes to storytelling. He really is. Uh, this is I, I didn't expect to be this entertained. There's not even a shred of as entertained as I am in this. Very, very impressive. That's all I've got for DC. Would you believe it? That's all I've got. Let's talk about Marvel now. Marvel had some fun stuff. Yes, they did. Dead Man Logan. Number eight. Ed Brisson, Mike Henderson, and Nolan Woodard. Covered by Declan Shalvey. So, we know that uh, Logan was saved by uh, fucking Bruce Jr. Bruce Banner Jr. And Danny. From the cannibals that have been just feasting off of his regenerating flesh. Well, as it turns out, Bruce Banner Jr. is also super fucking wanted because somebody knows that he's going to turn out to be a massive weapon of the future. Well, meanwhile, this Bruce Banner Jr., he's, he's just like a fucking... Just reminds me of a, a fat kid, really. <laughs> like a, a fat teenage kid. The way they, they draw him out. He's, he doesn't really look muscular. He doesn't... I mean, he's not... 
flabby or anything. I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's comical. Well, he doesn't talk or anything. He just wants to read and eat. That's all he wants to do is read and eat. So they're on the run, especially making sure that Bruce Banner Jr. isn't caught. Meanwhile, we know that uh, Kaiser is the main guy after Logan because we saw the the confrontation with him and the cannibals. And that was fucking dope. Um, but when Logan, uh, or they uh, fucking, they find a hideout spot, Banner disappears, and when they find him, uh, they realize that he's probably at the library on account of he likes to read a lot, out of books. So, luckily, they find him at the library, but when they find him at the library, we got the, uh, Tranquility Temple ambushing the shit out of him. They found him, and it's not just a bunch of goddamn ninjas coming at a Hulk. It's, uh, a fucking Hulk killer designed specifically to kill the Hulk, <laughs> obviously. Well, this is not a Hulk buster. This is a Hulk killer, and it's kind of just like this pink blob thing. That's my microphone, not the ambulance behind you in case you're picking that up. Fuck, that's annoying. Uh, so, they, uh... They find him at the library. Well, this Hulk killer is a true Hulk killer. And it's just fucking shit up. But Logan, in his Logan-y ways, jumps in front of Hulk killer and says, Get out of here. And the Hulk killer rips his guts out. Well, he ain't healing so super fast, as we all know. That's why he's back in the wastelands trying to make amends of things. And it uh, ends with him pretty much saying, Fuck, I failed you. Because he's not able to slow him down enough. Kind of a bummer. I dug it, though. I'm, I I actually didn't think that I would like this story as much as I did. But it's, it's been a lot of fucking fun. It's been a lot of fun. Good job, Ed Brisson. And fucking Mike Henderson and Nolan Woodard. Savage Avengers. Jerry Duggan, Mike Diodoto. And... Laura Martin. Alright. So, oh yeah, by the way, the David Finch and Frank DeMotta cover. Fucking dope. So, we know that Brother Voodoo, Brother, Brother Voodoo, Brother Voodoo got his neck cut open. And he did. Well, not if old Wolverine has anything to say about it. So, as the hand's coming at him, he's taking out the hand faster than they can come at him. He's in pretty much berserker mode, almost. Almost berserker mode. Well, uh, he has this idea to possibly bring back Brother Voodoo, and his logic is crazier shit's happened. <laughs> so if his regenerative, regenerative mutant blood possibly get into Brother Voodoo's bloodstream, maybe he can regenerate. So what he does is he takes his little claw and he cuts out Brother Voodoo's heart, and he puts a little boop and a little blood and a little boop, and next thing you know, Brother Voodoo... He alive again. That's fucking cool, right? Well, it's not quite enough. I'll get to that in a second. Meanwhile, there's more shit going on. Uh, Conan, he's out and about, and he's after this amulet. And we know that he's in this, you know, the universe now. He's after this anim amulet, and it's, uh... Uh, just so happens that this Kula Goth is the possessor of this amulet. Kula Goth is the guy that's in charge of getting all these uh, people killed because they're trying to make all this blood and summon something and, you know, fucking rituals and whatnot. 
And, uh, yeah, no, they, so Conan is lured to him. Conan is really all about killing this dude. I was like, bitch, that amulet looks valuable as fuck. But Kulagoth is magic. And that's too much for Conan. So what he does is he just does whatever he can to just cause a diversion. And he grabs the first thing and can't smash it up against old Kulagoth's head. Just so happens to be a magic lamp that has venom in it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about that. Uh, maybe because they just really didn't touch on the Venom part enough, or why Venom was in a lamp, or whatever. All they say is, oh no, it's too early for this to happen. I don't... Once again, confusing, but... <laughs> Venom's a thing now, in the book. And then it ends with... Uh... Wolverine and Brother Voodoo being captured by the hand and brought to Kulagoth. That's because it's just too much. Wolverine spent too much time fucking doing whatever he was doing to Brother Voodoo. And then the real ending of the story is Frank Castle gets teleported to the old, uh, where are they at? The City of Sickles. That's where all this has taken place. And fucking, where's my family? Family, where's my family? And that's what's going on. So, I really what they're saying is Frank's pissed and he's around. It's been a fun story. Uh, I don't know how far they're gonna go with it, but I would imagine it's just a mini series. Let's say six issues, maybe eight tops. It's been fun though. All right, old man Quill, number six. So. Uh, Ethan Sachs, Ibram Roberson, and Andres Mosa, covered by John Tyler Christopher. It's pretty cool. So, the Guardians are attacked by Pulsar. Pulsar is this being who's made of pure energy, and he's working for the Universal Church of Truth. We all know the Universal Church of Truth finds Quill to be a super threat because they know that Quill, at some point in time, they're not sure... At what point in time, he could potentially have it now. Gets his hands on the one weapon that is guaranteed to be able to take down the Universal Church of Truth. So they send Pulsar after him. Uh, after a bit of fighting, they realize that because Pulsar is a being made of pure energy, it's really just his containment suit allowing him to be able to live. Otherwise, he's just energy, a mass of energy floating around. Well, Guardians do their thing, and they break his containment suit... But in doing so, he's able to will all of his energy to be able to still stay contained and shoot his way up into space to relay the message that Quill technically ain't shit. He does not have this weapon. If there was ever a time to strike their most uh, biggest potential threat to world dominance, it is now. And he is here. So, problem... Yes, that is a problem. I think we know where it's going to go from here. Quick, fun, fucking, there was, I loved it. I really did love it. I, uh, I recommend Old Man Quill to anybody. I, I still think that Ethan Sachs is doing an amazing fucking job. Telling the stories of the wastelands that Mark Millar, Mark Miller, put out for us. I, it's just, and then Old Man Hawkeye killed it. Now we've got fucking old man Quill killing it with that. All the art's been spectacular. 
Is that if there's a if there's a fucking book that I recommend to anyone and everyone, it's any of Ethan Sachs' old man stories. Old man quills one of them. Uncanny X-Men number 19, Legacy 641, Matthew Rosenberg, Carlos Villo, Carlos Gomez, and Bob Quinn, along with Guru Effects. Uh, covered by Will Spitacio and Eric Arcianega. Really, all this is explaining is why is Emma Frost? Um, and Emma Frost is because General Robert Callahan has put her up to a whole bunch of fuckery. Emma Frost is why the government now has an anti-vax serum. We thought that was because of a null. Well, it was. And that was also because of Emma Frost doing her mutiny shit. So, yeah. And now we know that her big deal is to take out Cyclops. And if you've been following this story at all, you know that Cyclops has no interest in dealing with the existence of Emma Frost at all. Or, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It wasn't a... I, I don't know. I don't think anybody notable died. So, that's fucking cool, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I need more people to die. I like when Matthew Rosenberg kills mutants. I fucking love it. We all know that Hickman's gonna reboot it all anyways. Let's face it. So, kill them all. You know what? Let's go ahead and kill Cyclops again. I don't think anybody is gonna miss him. Fuck Cyclops. Deadpool number 13, legacy number 300... And 13, Scotty Young and Nick Klein. This is the War of the Realms tie-in. And for once, this is an ongoing series. I don't know if it's for once. I think it is for the first time. This is an ongoing series that takes place in the time frame that it was released, being that around issue 5. All of these other ongoing series that have gotten a tie-in, like Moon Girl, and I'll talk about Tony Stark a bit later, and uh, fucking Squirrel Girl. All that shit takes place before issue one. So, yeah. Finally, this takes place in continuity. And the cover kind of gives that away because we see Deadpool in full-on fucking Asgardian battle armor. His mission? Take down and fuck up some trolls in Australia. And that's what he's doing in the most Deadpool of ways. Fucking uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead plays a part in this. She's actually his ride to Australia. That's terrible. And, yeah, well, when they get there, uh, he's there to meet up with old Captain Outback and the Tasmanian Shut Your Mouth. They can't say it. They want to call it the Tasmanian Devil. They can't even write it. And Deadpool, or it's explained. I don't know if Deadpool explains it. Somebody explains because fuck copyright and right. Copyright. Copyright. Rights. I don't fucking know words right now. And, uh, yeah, they don't want to be sued for saying Tasmanian. So, yeah. It's a fucking Deadpool book. Taking place in the time, right around the issues of War of the Realms. He's already, and the only reason we know that for sure is because he's, I think, the, they acknowledge the War Avengers already, that whole Strike Force team. That's just kind of a quick, like, here we are, one one shot go. And makes sense, because they're only one shot issues, which has still been the best issues of the whole fucking series, but that's besides the point. I really, really dug Deadpool, and I like, it's, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. So, three more issues. Fucking before Scotty Young and Nick Klein bow out of Deadpool. We don't know who's taking over yet. They better not fucking cancel and reboot it. 
I don't know. They probably will. What are you going to do? Like, it's going to stop me from buying more Deadpool. Jesus Christ. Journey into Mystery. Another War of the Realms tie-in. I, uh... Uh, this one should have been over by now. I can't believe this was a five-part series. I, I really thought this this should have only been three issues, but it is what it is. We got the McRoys, Andre Lima Arujo, and Chris O'Halloran doing the art. Covered by Valerio Schitti and David Curiel. So... We know that the team is surrounded by a bunch of fucking ghosts in this ghost town, and they think that they're after to kill Baby Lassa, and they are after Baby Lassa, but it turns out their purpose is to serve her. Because they want a part of the War of the Realms, too. <gasps> what? A tie-in book that actually mentions War of the Realms? What are you talking about? This is the first time they've actually mentioned the war in the whole fucking series through four issues. A little griped about that. I still don't really know how... It ties in. I mean, other than the mention of a bunch of ghosts that are like, oh, we're here to help. Bye-bye. We're going to go help elsewhere now, though. We just wanted to come up and sneak up on you all creepy to let you know we were here. But bye-bye now. I don't know. Um, meanwhile, we know that we, we get the explanation of what Lhasa is. She is, in fact, a demon, like Thori has been saying the whole time. And everyone's just been, ah, that's funny, old demon baby. No, she's literally a fucking demon. But how? Because she's the, the daughter of an Freya, right? No, it gets fucking weird. She was uh, conceived in the fucking, where were they? Some the, the realm between realms? And who else just so happened to be fucking around in the realm between realms at the same time that Odin and Freya were banging? Surtur, that's where the demon comes from. Was there a three-way? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like the three of them all fucked, and it was a combination of jisms that made baby Lhasa. And, yeah. Oh, and then she gets captured by Ares. He catches up, beats the shit out of fucking Thor, takes the baby, and it'll end next issue. Ah, uh, it was alright. I mean, like I said, I, this uh, this is the uh, the longest series of tie-ins in the whole thing. All I gotta say is Lhasa better play a huge fucking part in issue 6 of War of the Realms. Because, as you will come to discover here in just a moment, she still doesn't have shit to do with issue 5. I don't know when the timeline of all this is. You know that Cinder's after fucking, uh... Or has got Ares after him because it's Cinder that's after the baby, not necessarily Ares. Ares actually wants to be good, but in order to do so, he has to obey old Cinder. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying I don't like it by any means. It's just another one of those instances where, do we need it? Fuck, we better get some payoff with Lausa. She's a god baby that's just been introduced in a story about gods. Right? I mean, technically, that's what the War of the Realms is. It doesn't really have much to do with Midgard. It's more about the gods fighting their war on Earth. I don't know. Let's talk about issue number five of the War of the Realms. Jason Aaron, Russell Dalterman, and Matthew Wilson. So, hmm. <laughs> oh, and Arthur Adams doing the cover-up. Obviously. 
Just fucking killing it with the covers, man. Killing it. So really, what this book is for the first uh, 80% is just more of them telling the story of what all of the Avengers are doing. We're getting more team-ups. More odd team-ups now that the Strike Forces are assembled. We're getting... I mean, as if the Strike Forces weren't odd team-ups enough. Now we're getting more shit. Now, what do we got? Just, if I were to randomly open shit up. Oh, the Fantastic Four and Iron Man taking down some fucking uh, Frost Giants. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking cool, right? Uh, Curse and... Oh, what's the guy? Uh, and Destroyer fighting. That's fucking cool. Captain America and Captain Britain fighting side by side. You get the idea, right? But what actually... I mean, how is this... It's it's a lot of playing into the fans. I get that, but then at the end, hmm, we get all the drama. We know that Odin and Freya tied up, uh, possibly dead now, possibly fucking dead, being used as bait. Thor is he's on a fucking rampage, doing his thing. Maybe tied up again, possibly captured again. I don't know. The biggest part is that last page. The last page is old Jane Foster, who has been reignited back into the the, the world and no longer has the cancer. Super missed. Good for her. Uh, and she she calls upon this this weapon and she exclaims, There could be more than one Thor. Guess what that means? Well we could only guess. Because that's where it ends. Because she's all fucking... Thor! I got an axe now! I don't know. Fucking dope. It really is. I, I love it so much. So much. So that's that's all I've got for the overview. Before I move on... You obviously enjoy listening to this podcast. Well, I made it this far. So what if I told you that you could actually get paid to listen to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can get paid to listen to the Cheers to Comics podcast. All you have to do is get on your fancy little device and download the PodCoin app. That's right. PodCoin allows you to get paid. So, whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user, it's available to either market. They don't discriminate. So yeah, get on there, download the app for free. The app is 100% free. There is no gimmicks, there are no catches. Just listen to the podcasts like you normally would. We're not the only podcast on there, but you got to listen to us first. That's the deal. Uh, I'm going to give you 300 coins for doing it. Uh, all you got to do is use promo code COMICS. That's right, COMICS. Pretty easy to understand and remember. And boom, 300 coins right off the bat to get you started, and you could be on your way to earning coins towards gift certificates like Target and Starbucks and so many others. I can go on forever, but I just had to pick two. And uh, I, But if you if you don't want gift cards, you don't want to deal with any of that, you can also give it away to charity. There's plenty of charities available. You could just say, hey, I want to donate all of my coins to charity, and they translate it to uh, real money and give it away to dogs or starving people or what, whatever tugs on your heartstrings. That's what I do with it, actually. I, I give all my coins over to the charities. It's just, I just find it easier. And I feel better about myself. But I'm not judging you if you'd rather have a coffee. So, <laughs> the fact is, you gotta go to PodCoin. 
You gotta download the app and then just continue about your normal podcast listening ways. And you start uh, doing that right now. Remember, promo code COMICS to get you started with 300 coins. So, let's move on to the old honorable mentions now, shall we? This is the stuff that didn't quite make the list of overviews. That doesn't necessarily mean it was bad by any means. It just means that there may not have been enough to talk about or I didn't feel... uh, comfortable with the source material enough to talk about it without sounding like a fucking moron because i mean i do want to do justice i don't want to come off like some idiot that just thinks he knows what he's talking about comics i don't want to falsify information at all or turn somebody off of something that could have been better or that they would have got on if i would have given a better description so let's move on to all that tony stark iron man number 12 uh you know it's a gail simone I know that she is a beloved writer, but she's not really my flavor. So when she took on old Iron Man for War of the Realms, didn't just—I don't know. I didn't. It was an okay issue, I guess. I don't know. I don't even think I finished it to be honest, because I realized it just took place before. Uh, it was another one of those that took place before issue one of War of the Realms. So it was Tony Stark gearing up. I want to see Tony Stark fighting next to the Fantastic Four, man. Like, that's that's what we got in War of the Realms number five. No, we're getting all these prequel issues. I, uh, so, we're, really, it's just a filler issue. After the whole Escape thing, I guess Dan Slott's not like, no, nah, I'm not doing fucking War of the Realms. Bye. Even though he did Fantastic Four. I don't know. It would have It would have made sense, now that I think about it. He's also doing Fantastic Four, so... I don't know. I think it was just a botched opportunity. I do. Really do. Uh, and once again, Gail Simone just kind of failed to impress me, unfortunately. I don't... Uh, she's got a massive following. I'm not saying she's a bad writer. It's just some writers don't... I don't get it. So, yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history. Number four. I think this is a six-parter. Uh, not... <laughs> I read the first issue and I thought to myself, this is probably going to be a book that make it easy on heavy weeks for me to cut out if I had too much stuff to talk about. And once again, it was it was that book. So I, I will eventually read them all, probably once it's all said and done. And if it's something, yeah, well, I guess the next issue that comes out is going to finish it off. So yeah, well, who knows? Um, Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider, number 9, Legacy 49, Shawnee McGuire. They're, uh, it's coming to an end, I think, uh, at this one or something. And then Shawnee McGuire is rebooting it again and bringing her into the 616, bitches. So, yeah, I don't know. Fucking... Really what it came down to, as soon as they announced the reboot, I stopped reading. I kept collecting because I'm a fucking completionist, I guess. But... Yeah, I stopped reading just because I know they're rebooting it. And to me, Gwen Stacy is seems way more interesting in our universe than she is in this universe of her just trying to still cope with the aftermath of uh, Spider Geddon. But yeah, I know the book is for a lot of people. I'm not I'm not trying to deter anybody from the book at all. Once again, it's just not a book for me. It's a character that I want to get into, so I continue to buy it, hoping that it's going to fucking finally do it. But, ah, we'll see. 
Like I said, I think she'll be much more interesting all up in our shit in the 616. New Agents of Atlas, number three. This was just one of those books I'm not impressed with how issue one read to me. So, skipping it. Uh, I, I, I don't know if there's any weight to the story at all. But because I told myself that I'm buying every single tie-in to all of the War of the Realms books, kind of needed it. So, yeah, there we go. Guardians of the Galaxy Annual, number one. This is a Donny Cates, Al Ewing, Teeny Howard, all writing, three different stories, three different perspectives. It was a fun book, but because it was three different stories, I would either... I don't think I could do any of them justice by talking about them all and the length they needed to. Plus, they were all kind of spread out. Donny Cates' story was at the beginning and the end. So, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's three great fuck. I mean, Donny Cates, Al Ewing, and Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard is currently writing Thanos, whom Donny Cates was the predecessor of, or... She the predecessor? I don't know that word properly, I guess. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying here. And Al Ewing is just Al Ewing. We all know what he's doing with the Mortal Hulk, so everything he's touching right now, I'm sure, is just on fire. Well, yeah. A bunch of Marvel books made the fucking honorable mentions this week. But I did also talk about a bunch, too. So uh, DC honorable mentions, Batman number 72. Beautiful on the inside. Uh, once again, it's just another long, drawn-out issue of them explaining shit that I think we already know at this point. Tom King is turning what could be one issue into three spread-out issues, and he, frankly, he's lost my interest in this book. Unless something fucking happens soon, I'm, I'm done. There were some cool moments, don't get me wrong. There were some really cool things going on, but as far as what the story actually is right now. I just, I don't like this nightmares thing. I don't like this, is it, could it be, is this real, is this all a dream, whatever. It's just a concept that's been played way too fucking much. But, yeah, it's still selling. It's still selling. And we still got them for 13 more issues, so... Personally, I, I really I don't want to sound like one of them fucking negative-ass comic book nerds. No! Fucking Tom King! Here's a death threat letter! Cause not my Batman! But I... This is not my Batman right now. I'm not gonna send him a death threat letter. But And I'm gonna still continue to buy the books because I'm not gonna not complete the run. Because I'm a fucking completionist. But I'm also... Not as excited on Batman as I used to be in the past, which I find to be kind of sad. But I have high hopes. I am really putting it out into the universe that issue 86 of Batman or issue 1 of Batman after 85, however they do it. I would only imagine they go to 86. It's not DC style to constantly, constantly reboot. Not at the same pace Marvel does. Tom Taylor. Dude, please, DC, listen to me. Tom Taylor is your Batman guy. That's your guy. Do it. Do it. Or just fucking get, uh, uh, who's doing detective comics right now? Uh, fucking, oh, I, my, the names escaped me. Notice how low my beer is, viewers. Listeners can't see. Viewer, viewers can. The beer's working. By the way, I'm drinking Rolling Rock again. Because 
I didn't have the patience to pick out beer. There's too many to choose. Green Lantern, number eight. Grant Morrison, Leon Sharp, Greg Olaf. I didn't read it, but that's only because I have a feeling that, you know, I'm just going to open it up right now for the first time. I have a feeling that it's super wordy. It doesn't look super wordy. I might have botched this one, guys. I'm going to have to read this. It just goes to show, just because it made the honorable mentions doesn't necessarily really mean anything negative at all. I just maybe didn't get around to it. I don't know if you guys notice the stack of comics that I go through, but it's a lot. Uh, some indie honorable mentions. Ronan Island number four. The only reason I didn't read this one is because the week that Ronan Island number three came out, I accidentally got a second printing of Ronan Island number two in my pull box instead of issue number three. So I didn't read issue number three yet, and I keep forgetting to go back and get issue number three because I am legit liking this story. Just a Greg Pack up. Sometimes Greg Pack is down, new agents of Atlas, but sometimes Ronan Island, Greg Pack is up. So this is one of those for me. I really want to read issue four. That means I need to read issue number three. Oh boy, we all know this book came out 192 of The Walking Dead. I'm disappointed that I can't talk about this book in the way that I want to because, as you all know, I'm not actually reading The Walking Dead. I've just been collecting it for the last six or seven months now because of issues like this that pop up sporadically. Super milestone key issues. Huge spoiler. Rick's fucking dead. Rick's fucking dead. And I hear that Kirkman, rumor is Kirkman has announced that the book's going to follow more Negan, I guess. I don't know. Not reading the story. I, uh, I would like to, though. I really wish I could sit down and have the time to catch up on 192 issues. Maybe would you guys would forgive me if I took two weeks off of reading books to catch up on 192 issues. Yeah, right, like, that's gonna happen. I'm not falling behind, bitches. Last but not least, this one actually kind of merges in between the last honorable mention and also the first wall book. Picked it up for the cover, but out of curiosity, I read it. So let's talk about the reading part first. Black Cat, number one. I, uh, it's Catwoman. Black Cat's Catwoman is what it is. It was an okay story. It's nothing that I'm going to subscribe to personally. Is there an audience for it? Absolutely. Am I the audience for it? Not necessarily. Not unless you guys can convince me otherwise. But really, I mean, I, do I regret buying this story? Fuck no. No, I love giving a new character a chance. It's the first time she's ever been featured in her own uh, issue, I believe. So that's kind of a big deal, right? It's sold out. I believe It's definitely sold out at my LCS. That's for damn fucking sure. I know, because I also volunteer there. Uh, <laughs> I have access to all that. But the, the big part for me was the Art Germ Variant cover to kick off this segment of Wall Books. The fucking Art Germ Variant cover is amazing. I'm not a fucking Art Germ fan. I keep saying that, but I keep finding myself buying more and more Art Germ covers. Because he kind of diverts away. He's, I don't know. This one doesn't seem as anime to me. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's the. I think it's just the green eyes and the purple eyeshadow that draw me to it. To be honest, I think I can look past all the other pointy chin anime features that Art Dream tends to do. I I I really 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 like this cover quite a bit. 
quite a bit. If you could find it, you should go get it. Tony Stark Iron Man had a Battle Lines variant. I believe this is the only Battle Lines variant that I picked up. Who did it? Uh, Nexon. Nexon. Nexon! It's gonna go... Oh, dude, I didn't even realize till just now there's also War Machine on their fucking shit up. I gotta pay closer attention to my shit, guys. That's why I hang these on the wall. So, like, every time I walk by, I notice something new. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Deceased. One of the two variants that I got. Total three copies of this book, including uh, cover A. But we've got the, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Fucking, ugh, this is a good one. Poison Ivy on there with a zombie Batman reaching out. Yeah. They're fucking good, man. So fucking good. And then we've got the Superman Francesco Matina cover. And that's all zombified. Once again, so fucking good. Dude. And, uh, oh, is that Yasmin Putri did the Deathstroke number 44 to end the, the segment of wall books? Let me just make sure it's Yasmin Putri. I'm going to just say it's Yasmin Putri and take a guess and you guys can yell at me later. Look at me go. Fucking, uh, ba -ba -da -da -da. Ricardo Federici. I'm glad I looked. It wasn't Yasmin Putri. Yasmin Putri did the other, did the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street one. I knew that she did that. There we go. My bad, guys, girls, listeners, thems. Um, yeah, fucking wall books and honorable mentions and overviews and whatnot. Well, what was my favorite stuff? Do you guys even care what I, my favorite pick of the week is? I don't know. Let me know if you don't care. I'll stop fucking picking. It's getting harder for me to pick. <laughs> my my cover of the week was the fucking Francesco Matina Superman. I know I keep trying to not pick Francesco Matina because I'm super biased, but Francesco Matina Superman. And then the other deceased cover. It was mean Putri doing the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street Poison Ivy fucking... Uh, so good. So good. Interiors, Rocco's Modern Life, uh, Matteo DeMeo and Francesco Sagala. It's Rocco's Modern Life, and it's coming to an end soon because there's only one more issue left. So I gotta give it all the fucking praise it should and do does deserve. Um, not typical comic book art, but being that I'm a fan of Rocco's Modern Life, it is very fucking Rocco's Modern Life. Like because of how accurate the drawing is and the coloring and all of that. I just, I, I've, it's so much more authentic to me. And I could hear the voices, uh, the actual voice actors, and it's, it's perfect. It's beautiful. I fucking love it. Uh, the overall pick of the week, though, is Deceased, again. The fucking double pick of the week. Goddamn, bet you're stupid nuts. Your nuts aren't stupid. I bet your nuts are great. And if you don't have nuts and you did, I bet they'd be great, too. I don't fucking know. God damn it, beer. Uh, this is, I mean, it is the Cheers to Comics podcast, so... Is it unexpected? Probably not. Um, but, yeah, no, those were, those were all my favorites. There And there really... There really was some hard stuff to choose from. I mean, the overall pick was a runaway for me. That's for sure. Fucking Deceased was amazing. Interiors... All of the books 
on the inside were beautiful. Thumbs was fucking mind-blowing, because that's not a, I mean, the, the gray scale and the pink, I love it. But, like I said, Rocco's Modern Life, it just, it fucking deserves it. It's a beautiful week for comics, man. It's a beautiful week. But there's more to come. There's still comics coming out next week. Would you believe that this isn't the last week for comics? I bet you you do. Well, what's coming out next week? Let me fucking tell you what's coming out next week. Whole bunch of good stuff, guys. Whole bunch of good stuff. Let's start with DC. There's... Yeah, let's start with DC. Batman and the Outsiders, number two. Brian Hill and Dexter Soy. I think it's still on my pull list. I, I remember reading the first issue. Don't totally get it because I'm not super familiar with all these characters. But I'm still going to give it a shot. There's some fucking sweet variant too. Batman Who Laughs, number six. Scott Snyder and Jock. That's all coming to an end. What's Bruce going to do? Catwoman, number 12. Joel Jones and Fernando Blanco. Uh, Catwoman's... I haven't been reading it, but I've been collecting every single cover. And now that it's at 12 issues, and I feel like it's not going to come to an end, I, I don't think it'd be a waste of time for me to read it. Not saying it would ever be a waste of time, but I, sometimes I'm skeptical with books like Catwoman, where I'll get invested into it after seven issues, and there won't be an eighth issue because it's not selling. Well, shout out to Joel Jones for selling the fuck out of some Catwoman. And it probably doesn't hurt the art germ's been doing... I think he's done 10 out of 12 covers now, 11 out of 12 covers, something like that. Um, Detective Comics, number 1005, Peter J. Tomasi, Brad Walker, and Andrew Hennessy. Hennessy. Uh, fucking, I really, 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 really like that last, it, it, 1004 of Detective Comics. That fucking origin story was amazing. Now I really want to see what Tomasi does with it. I, I still think if Tom Taylor doesn't take on Batman, Peter J. Tomasi should be the guy to do it because he be killing it. Event Leviathan, number one. Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. I didn't know Alex. I know he's doing the cover. I didn't know he's doing the interiors, too. Fucking takes me back to uh, Invincible or an infamous Iron Man. Ooh-wee. I think this is a six part miniseries. Uh, it's. Uh, from the solicitations, it sounds like it's going to have an effect on the entire DC universe. So this is like Watchmen status type of thing, or Doomsday Clock type of stat. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's Brian Michael Bendis, though, so he is one of the biggest names, probably the biggest name that DC's holding on to as far as creators go, next to maybe Scott Snyder. So I'm let's put it this way. When Brian Michael Bendis came over to DC, all of their books went up by a dollar. To give you an idea of the pull that he has. So, yeah. Uh, Flash number 72, Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter. This is part three of year one. I did drop it because I don't necessarily... I guess I, I, I thought I cared, but I guess I don't care about a Flash origin story. Again, because I thought I've seen it. Well, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. Hawkman number 13, Robert Benedetti and Will Conrad... Uh, I'm getting this issue for the Inyak Lee cover, because Inyak Lee is an amazing cover artist, one of my favorites. DC Vertigo House of Whispers, number 10, Nalo Hopkinson, Dan Waters, Dominic Domo, Stanton. Stanton. So, I, uh, yeah, this is, 
I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know if it's going to go on hiatus on account of Vertigo's going bye-bye from DC. This is one of those titles that could potentially be on the chopping block. But it's part of the Sandman universe, so I would imagine that it finds a home pretty fucking quick. Justice League Odyssey, number 10, Dan Abbott, Daniel Sampier. Uh, the only Justice League book I'm not subscribed to. But I hear it's the best Justice League book. But those probably from people that's not reading the the staple Scott Snyder Justice League book because that shit is amazing. Uh, Red Hood Outlaw number thirty five Scott Lobdell Pete Woods Supergirl number thirty one Mark Andreco Kevin McGuire and Sean Parsons not reading that one either but I hear it's good. Superman number twelve Brian Michael Bendis Joe Prado and Ivan Reese I am reading this one and I'm digging the fuck out of Superman. God, I still can't get over the fact that I'm saying that. For my entire life, I was not a Superman fan. And Brian Michael Bendis comes in swinging his Bendis dick and just fucking makes me like Superman. Wonder Twins number five, Mark Russell and Stephen Byrne. I think this is the last issue. I think this is a five-part miniseries, so... Wonder Twin Powers activate. Wonder Woman number 72, G. Willow Wilson and Jesus Moreno. I think a few people have heard of Wonder Woman. And uh, let's move on to a little bit of some indies, huh? some dynamite. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, number six. David Avalone and Dave. What? Dan. Dave. Yeah, I had it right. Dave Acosta. James Bond Origin, number 10. Jeff Parker and Ibram Mustafa. Once again, I'm so bummed I didn't jump on this book when I should have. Are we getting more Red Sonia? We're getting more Red Sonia. Red Sonia, Birth of the She Devil, number one. Luke Lieberman and Sergio Davila. Fuck all these covers. That fucking A cover is a Lucio Perillo. That would explain it. Ah, I'm gonna have to get that Red Sonia. Gonna have to get me some of that Red Sonia. IDW Publishing. Let's see, what do we have in IDW this week? G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 263. Larry Hama and Nito Diaz. Couple of y'all, I'm sure, have heard of G.I. Joe. We've got Glow, number two, Teeny Howard and Hannah Templar. I believe that's based off of the the Rasslin series. I'm not sure. Um, ba, ba, ba. Let's move on to... Oh, yeah, here's more IDW. Transformers, number seven, Brian Ruckley and Kishay Whitman. Unfortunately, I will not be getting it this week because I gave it six issues and I had to put it on the drop list this week because... There's just not enough going on to interest me. Super strong start for somebody that wants to get into uh, Transformers. And I feel just a little bit more familiar with the Transformers characters now. But they're not going anywhere with it. It's been kind of drawn out. Give it a shot though if you're into it. Infinite Dark number 7 from Image now. We got Ryan Katie and Andre Moody. Um, Not reading Infinite Dark anymore. But uh, I, from what I have read, it was good. And I, and I didn't personally drop it. I was actually uh, vicariously reading it through another reader. <laughs> Oblivion Song. Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici. This is number 16. Outer Darkness number 7. John Lehman and Afu Chain. I am reading Outer Darkness. And this book still is a lot of fun. We've got Prodigy number six, Mark Millar and uh, Raphael Albuquerque. So, huh? How do they? How do the? 
Mark Millar book go under my radar. Fucking prodigy. Might have to find that in trade. Ooh. Sonata, number one. David Hine, Brian Haverlin, and Gerard Van Dyke. This is a number one from Image, so I'm sure there's something to that. Sonata. Covers look interesting. Unnatural, number 10. Maraca and Dolfo. Ah, yeah. Uh, super fucking weird book. Once again, another one that I fucked up and didn't didn't go after when I should have. Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics. Looks like we've got all of the apocalypse stuff starting to end. We've got Age of X-Men. Marvelous X-Men number 5. Lonnie Nadler, Zach Thompson, and Marco Fela. So that one's coming to an end. Amazing Spider-Man number 23. Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Guys, it's no more hunted stories. Maybe maybe we can move on from this Craven stuff. It was good at first, but fuck, that was long. Let's get something new. Huh? Huh, Nick Spencer? You hear me? Something new. As Guardians of the Galaxy, number 10, Cullen Bunn and Luca Maresca. This is a War of the Realms tie-in. I've been enjoying this shit out of As Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Champions, number 6, Jim's up. Juan Ramirez, this is also a War of the Realms tie-in. But I also have a feeling that this takes place pre-War of the Realms because of the last Champions issue I read. So maybe they'll potentially advance the story forward a little bit, jump ahead. I don't know. I don't know. I know there's a sweet variant, Enyuk Lee cover, that goes along with this. So, gotta dig it. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, number 7, Tom Taylor and Ken Lashley. Can Tom Taylor top the best Spider-Man issue I've ever read in my life? I bet he can, because he's Tom fucking Taylor. God damn, that issue was good. Giant Man, number 3, this is a War of the Realms tie-in, Lee Williams and Marco Castillo. I feel like this issue is going to end so well. Uh, a lot, I know a lot of people were kind of dogging the first two issues, but I think the way the f- second issue ended made me realize that this shit's about to get deep. This isn't about singing Dolly Parton and putting on Blueface, or at least it's more more than that. It is still about singing Dolly Parton and putting on Blueface, but yeah. <laughs> I dig it. I really do dig it. Will there be a sacrifice? Will one of the 60-footers take a fall? I don't know. Stay tuned, Wednesday. Mortal Hulk, number 19. Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Fuck, these covers are so good. So good. I, I, I've never been more attached to a Mortal Hulk than since issue 16. Issue 16 just grabbed me right by the testiculars and said, Now nah, you like this book. And I believed it. Some great fucking covers, too. Invaders number six, Chip Starsky and Carlos Magno. Ironheart number seven, Eve Ewing and Luciano Vecchio. Fucking Major X number five, Rob Leefeld and Brent Peebles. Punisher number 12, Matthew Rosenberg and Simon Gradansky. Digging the shit out of Punisher. Can't wait to see where it goes now. Now we got fucking Sister Mary and that whole arc and new arc bitches. Ooh, Silver Surfer Black, number one. Donny Cates and Trad Moore. Of course. Of course. We're pick everybody's picking this book up. Everybody 
And you better get there quick, because you know it's selling out. You know this book is selling out. Mm, fucking, I'm going to say 150,000 issues. And all these goddamn oh, fucking variants. So good. Spider-Man Life Story number four. Zarsky and Bagley. Dude, that fucking cover. This is the 90s, bitch. The 90s now. Uh, this is Spider-Man in real time. Aging with the decades. Motherfuckers are dying. And, oh, dude. Dude, that cover. Is that... It's Care Andrews doing the cover, but it's so fucking McFarlane, it's nuts. Star Wars, Vader, Dark Visions, number five, Dennis Hopeless, Geraldo Borges, so good. Superior Spider-Man number seven, Christos Gage, and Lan Medita. I have a feeling this one's going to be way better than the last issue. Oh, it's War of the Realms tie-in. Superior Spider-Man gets War of the Realms tie-in? Oh, this is going to be good. This, I hope this takes place in real time and not a fucking precursor pre-issue number one. You never know. Still gonna read it. Symbiote Spider-Man number three, Peter David and Greg Land. Uh, I think it's on my pull list, but I don't know. I don't think I read the last issue. Not sure. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 45, Ryan North and Derek Charm. Once again, another War of the Realms tie-in. But this is one that is one of the ones... That I'm forgiving for it taking place in the beginning. Maybe because A. It was the first one to take place pre-issue number one. B. As Squirrel Girl. And C. It's actually really fucking interesting. And I actually have faith that it's going to progress the story further. Because it's Squirrel Girl in charge of taking down all the Frost Giants. So. In Canada. I'm digging the shit out of Squirrel Girl right now. It might actually stay on my list. Past War of the Realms. Venom, number 15, also of the War of the Realms tie-in. Colin Bunn, Ivan Coelho, Alberto Jimenez, Albuquerque. I, I'm loving Colin Bunn's Venom right now. It's, it's been really, really good. And it's been dark and twisted, and we're going to see fucking goddamn jack-o'-lantern face-off. Wishing stone. Mm, it's good shit. Good, good, good shit. Oh, X-Force, number nine, Eversone, Dylan Burnett. I would imagine that's coming to an end soon, so pick up your issues while you can on account of Hickman's taking out all the X-Men. Oh, let's go on to just a few more indies uh, from Danger Zone. This one's random. I like seeing number ones. Banjax, Rayland Grant, and Fabio Alves. Let's just click on this here and see what it gives us. The Cure, a wholly original and delightfully twisted deconstruction of the superhero genre by Hollywood screenwriter Avernet Scribe Raylan Grant. Laird Martian, a disgraced former superhero, is diagnosed with terminal cancer, brought on by tears of using his powers. Hmm. Defending what he has deemed an ungrateful and ultimately unworthy city is literally killing him. Aww. With just months to live and a legacy hanging in the balance, Mason launches a violent and misguided death wish-like campaign to purge the city of supervillains before he dies. So his make-a-wish is to all the bad guys go away. Cause <sighs> it makes his eyes rain. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, there's still... That's, that's all I, I've got for hype. I know there's plenty of other stuff to read. There's... 
So many books that come out every week. Go to an LCS, pick up the hard copies. If you don't have an LCS, I forgive you for buying digital. There's nothing wrong with buying digital, but we gotta support the fucking hard copies, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, my, my most anticipated book of the week, it's a coin toss between Silver Surfer and uh, fucking... I know there was something else. My brain that stopped working. Silver Surfer's definitely... Oh, and Batman Who Laughs. That's what it is. Because it's the end of Batman Who Laughs. And the beginning of Silver Surfer. We haven't seen Silver Surfer and Amanda and Donny Cates is writing it, so I bet you it's good. So yeah, no, that's uh that's that's all I got, guys. Final thoughts of the week. Don't be a fucking dickhead. You know, when you're at your LCS and somebody picks up something you don't like, well fucking scoff at them. There's a billion other comics out there. Fucking if you don't like it. Scroll on, bitches, and translate that same fucking thought to the rest of life and living. You don't like it? Stop being a fucking troll. Someone else likes it. Let them fucking enjoy it. Peace, bitches. It's been a podcast.